0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.
1: It's the Mike Mussinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Mussinelli Podcast. It is um, Thursday, November 8th. It's just hours after. Darren and I spent the night at the Wells Fargo Center to see a magnificent victory for the Sixers as they beat the Boston Celtics last night. A little hairy at the end, but they uh, prevail against the Celtics, 106-103. Of course, the podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. And coming up in this podcast, we will take a look at the bye week Eagles and uh, lay out some grades for the birds on offense and defense. Uh, We'll look at the remaining schedule and see – where they're going to fare as far as the number one seed goes in the nfc and we'll also do some picks of the week i got another good college doozy for you this week so hang on for that but first let's talk about the sixers and Celtics. you know i've been um i'm one of these guys that you really have to show me and, and a lot of fans get upset with me because they want me to share in their glee and uh through the first few games of the season i i said uh Okay, yeah, they're winning some games, but they really hadn't played anybody. And, and they had it, really. I mean, let's let's really look at it. They beat Toronto twice. They beat a uh, Phoenix team without two starters. They, 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 they beat another Mutt team that was in there, Washington Wizards. So this was the true test for me, right? Now, one regular season game, and I'll caution you, one regular season game does not mean that they can beat Boston four times in a playoff series. A lot of people get confused. Well, let's see what they do with the Celtics. One regular season game. And I might add the Celtics were coming off a of back-to-back. And I also might add that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown sometimes play like they're on Mars. And they did last night. But all of, when you combine it all, this was their first test and the Sixers passed it. So I'm going to say this. Perhaps they are better than I think they are. Perhaps this is a team that could actually contend with the Celtics or, or the Milwaukee Bucks. Both of them who have their flaws. Now, I look at the Celtics last night and I go, okay, it's really nice to stack together uh, a name-filled starting lineup. And let's face it, they have a name-filled starting lineup. They got Brown, they got Tatum, they got Porzingis, they've got Derek White, uh, and, and they've got Al Horford coming off the bench now, right? Uh, but they don't have a lot of depth. You know, I looked at their bench last night and who they brought in. Uh, let, let's just look at their bench last night. They brought in Hauser. All right, Hauser is is a shooter. They occasionally can get open, like uh, Duncan Robinson of the Celtics. Uh, they they brought Horford off the bench, played twenty six minutes, and and shot one for six. And he's ancient. Uh, they brought uh, Luke Cornett. Oh my god, that gawky seven footer can't play at all. They had to get three minutes out of him, and they Peyton Pitchard, who he, you know, I listen. I like the way he runs around, but he's like T.J. McConnell with a jump shot. All right, so they're the four guys they brought off the bench. You, know, you look at their starters, those starters had to play a lot of minutes last night coming off of back-to-back. So in the long haul, what I'm saying is maybe the Celtics are a little top-heavy and they don't have enough depth. The Sixers, what I saw last night, are winning because of depth. Now, listen, they've got two great players. They've got Embiid and they got Maxi playing at a, a really high level. But they're getting away with other guys that they're put, that Nick Nurse is putting in. He played 10 guys last night. He's squeezing minutes out of all these guys, which means he's squeezing energy out of them. And when he puts guys in there for short bursts, he's telling them, we got to play defense and we got to run. And that's different than how the Sixers have been playing. So the, the depth of the Sixers, even though it's not an overly talented bench, seems to be able to wear down teams and waste minutes so the starters can get better minutes during a game. Now, last night, the Sixers had, they didn't shoot threes that well, but they had 24 fast break points. Uh, and Maxi, who didn't shoot that well, still made an impact on the game. Maxi was 11 for 27 last night, 3 for 11 with threes, but he made, made enough good plays in the game to, to be a significant player. You didn't even think about it. The, sh- the shooting woes he had. Eleven for twenty-seven is not a great shooting night, but you came away from that game on. Boy, Maxi really makes a difference. You know, Maxi's really feeling it, uh, and that's a sign of a good player does other things and and continues to keep his motor running the whole time. The Celtics are without Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Rob Williams. That's three guys that provided defensive depth for them last year, and they don't have it. So, like you know, this is it's an early season game. But I'm a little more optimistic today about what the Sixers are than I was before. Now, I still think they need one more significant player. for, for If they get one more significant player, the way the Bucs are not playing defense, the way the Celtics are kind of shorthanded with the depth, if they got one more significant player, I don't know that they would not be considered the favorite in the East. So keep, keep that in mind because Daryl Morey probably knows the same thing. Now, this game got a little crazy in the end. They led by 15 points with three minutes and 44 seconds left in the game. And to me, that was sayonara. However, the Celtics went on a 10-2 run, and they got within 104 to 100 with 104 left, and they couldn't pull the trigger. They did get, get to within a three-point shot of sending this game into overtime, and they got a good look with Porzingis. And he had to move his feet a little bit. He's more of a standstill three-point shooter. He moved his feet a little bit, get into a position, and he didn't have the leg power to get that shot. It was short. It grazed the front of the rim, and the Sixers escape with an all-important win. Now, I didn't think the crowd was as crazy last night as I thought it would be for a Sixers-Celtics game. The game the game, kind of slugged along. The Sixers had control of the game the whole time, and, and the Celtics really... Didn't like I know the Celtics had a lead early, but it didn't look like that spirited up and down. We'll trade a basket for a basket game last night. Uh, so I was a little surprised at that, and maybe maybe the Boston Celtics didn't care that much about a regular season game. I think the Sixers had to make more of a statement than the Celtics did last night. But in any event, and uh, B with twenty seven and ten, Maxi with twenty five, despite shooting eleven for twenty seven, he also had. Nine rebounds and five assists last night, the young lad. Tobias Harris, a quiet 17. He seems to be getting quiet points all the time now for this team. you hardly notice him. Oubre, uh, 14, not, not a great night for, for Kelly Oubre. He did have eight rebounds. Uh, and, the, you know, the, the guy who I think is a really weak link for this team is Anthony Melton. I'm not really sure what he does, uh, but he's got a start for the time being. And uh, what they are saying is that Nick Batum – might be better off starting in uh, uh, on that starting five and have Ubre come off the bench to give him a little more energy. Now, last night they now look at the guys they played last night. Uh, Batum played 26 minutes, scored five points, but he's an NBA veteran and he knows how to play. Covington, he's got nothing. But, but they somehow utilized 15 minutes from him. Uh, they got Paul Reed 11 minutes, and he made a little bit of an impact on the offensive glass because the Celtics didn't block out anybody. They played lazy in the first half. Patrick Beverly eh, and, and Moss. they're the guys he played off the bench last night. Now, that's not exactly murderer's row there. But they managed to squeeze all those minutes out of those bench guys. If I can do some quick math, that's 40, that's 50. That's like 70, 70 minutes a uh, bench guys who really aren't very good, but they managed to utilize them. And what that does is they rest some guys that are important. So I don't know, I guess Nick nurse has figured this team out that he can play a bunch of guys on any particular night. Now, Marcus Morris hasn't even played last night. He didn't play Daniel house last night. He, he doesn't, hasn't played KJ Martin at all. He hasn't played Bamba. He didn't play Springer last night. There's five other guys that he can play. He's, he's probably going to try to mix in. So, while their depth is not great, it's plentiful. All right, let's bring Darren in last night. Uh, your impressions of the Sixers last they look, night?
1: Um, they look light, if that makes any sense to you. Like, they just seem like the ball movement's a little crisp, is much more crisp. Um, they, they just look like a team that's not playing with pressure. Under Doc, I, I felt like every time I saw them, They're always like trying to squeeze the last bit of anything they have left. Uh, This team plays, you know, they're they're free. They they run. They're running. I really like the uh, ball movements there that really wasn't as well under Doc. Um, Yeah, Boston made it a little tight last night, but I still don't have those. I don't have those You know, fear uh, of dread in the fourth quarter that they're going to collapse. Like they probably lose that game last year. Um, so you know, look, it's early season, but it was the first litmus te- litmus, litmus configuration,
0: first litmus test. <laughs> So they, they
1: passed it. They look good. They've got my attention. They've got a lot of people's attention right now.
0: Yeah, they got my attention last night. I, I had pretty much, uh, you know, I had a bunch of friends texting me. You're a sixer. I go, D- dude, they, I, listen, I can't. I'm an analyst. I look at yeah. them. I go, I got to be realistic. I can't get involved. It's because they went uh, five and one. And they didn't play anybody in those five games. And they lost to the one team they played. And they could have won that game. I, I understand. So last night got my attention. They finally have a, a marquee win. On their schedule. And we'll, we'll see uh, where it goes from here. Now, as far as Boston goes, I, listen, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are very good players. Uh, and I am, if I'm a Boston fan, I would be in total angst the way that they can sometimes disappear. Now, Brown more than Tatum. Like Tatum last night at least had 15 rebounds. But but, it, but I have seen both of those guys be all world and then, and then the next day completely be in, be in outer space. And, and like, I don't get Jalen Brown at all. I I, I mean, I love his grit. I love the way he plays. I kind of like his demeanor. But he's like – he goes for a walk sometimes. He he played 36 minutes last night. You didn't even realize he was on the court most of that time he, he did ma- have a couple moments in the end he made a big three pointer towards the end of that game but he had 11 points they paid him 300 million dollars I even guy. said to you. he's last got a night. monster max contract he's the highest played p- player on the team and and he he had two rebounds the whole night he didn't have a rebound until the third late in
1: the third quarter yeah, I, say, I think I even I, said to you last night like, is he the most overrated player
0: when you take the paycheck and I don't think he's overrated he's just a weird player yeah. he, he when he plays he he's going got everything uh, but he's weird he he drifts and and um and Tatum does too it, it's it's got to be maddening for those guys Porzingis was their their most consistent player last night he's the one that gets most of the the, the you know the, the the laughter of Porzingis what's he going to do I well, hit 29 last night so uh, he kept him afloat uh, all right Boston's not my problem um, so we'll leave it there. The Sixers with a win now go to 6-1 and one and 5-0 and oh at home. The Celtics are 5-2. and two. They've lost two of those games on the road on back-to-back situations. All right, there's your Sixers wrap-up for the Mike Miss podcast for today. Let's get into the Eagles. A nothing week for the Eagles. A bye. We don't know what to talk about. Hopefully, guys are healing. Uh, so uh, it's time to take a review. Uh, of, the, uh, of the NFC and where they stand right now. Well, where they stand for me is that they're clearly the top team in the NFC. They beat the Cowboys. They needed to beat the Cowboys to prove that. I can't see another team right now that's a threat to them in the NFC. Uh, you know, we, we, we used to talk about the 49ers. We used to talk about the Lions. Both of those teams are, are kind of fraudulent now as far as being a consistent contender. Uh, So, for me, they're good, but not complete. The Eagles
1: Eagles are the only complete team in the NFC, I would add.
0: Yeah, and and I I don't worry about who now is going to challenge them um, in the NFC. However, uh, we do have to look at the upcoming schedule. So, uh, let's do that. Let's look at the upcoming schedule as the bye week will keep them idle this week and uh, coming out of it. They will play uh, on uh, November 20th, the Kansas City Chiefs, on a Monday night.
1: I think they win that game. Um, Kansas City's playing pretty good defense right now. Both teams have a bye this week, uh, with Kansas City playing in Europe last Sunday. Look. The Eagles' offense is much better uh, than the Kansas City defense, and and the Eagles' defense is going to heal. Look, Kansas City's offense isn't quite what we've seen. I'm not saying they're not going to get together. There's still a lot of season left for Andy Reid and that offense to get on the right track. It's a new offensive coordinator this year. They don't really have anybody to prepare for uh, from the wideout position. Travis Kelsey is still a weapon. You got to account for him on every play. They don't really run the ball at all. Um, Mahomes looks a little out of sorts because he just the first season of his career where he doesn't have what I would say are multiple weapons. Um, so I'm not saying he's you know, he's going to be fine, Mahomes is going to be fine, but they just look a little out of sorts. And that game against Miami, they put 21 up quick, seven of those 21 was a pick to the house. Uh, But they didn't score again after that. Miami actually made it a little bit closer. It was a one-score game, 21-14 final. Uh, But I do think the Eagles win that game. I think that they'll be thinking about the Super Bowl. And um, I think it's good to play on the road out of a bye because it gets you kind of like – Do we
0: have a a line? Have they set a line on that game Uh, yet, a futures line? Check the the line on that because there are two things at work here for me. Andy Reid is really good coming out of a bye. And so he'll he'll be prepared. The other thing is Steve Spagnuolo and his defense, um, who he knew how to play Hertz last year. Uh, But here's the the weird part about this: Do you design a defense now to stop Hertz now that he's got the banged up knee? So I don't know what Spagnuolo is thinking about because if he's if he's going to play Hertz, uh, being afraid of of him getting out of there, then uh, he's going to neglect the wide receiver power that they have, and, and Jalen was able to stay in the pocket last week and deliver the football down the field. So it's going to be an interesting dilemma for Spagnola. It was almost easier for him to prepare for the Eagles with Hurts at full strength. So we'll see what happens with this I don't
1: one. see a line yet. Let uh, me look at a couple other spots. I'll let you know.
0: I would think that Kansas City is going to be a slight I, favorite I in game, maybe a point and a half. Yeah, and I half. Think
1: Kansas City is going to be like a 2, two a half an right.
0: point favorite. All right, let's look at some um, bi week grades here. I just picked out six on offense, six on defense that we will need to grade. Uh, so let's start with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. What grade do you give him right now?
1: Hurts, hmm, I would say so he started off the season playing pretty rough. He's played, he was incredible last Sunday. He's, I would say, two of his last three of his last four games have been really good. I'll say B plus for Hurts.
0: Well, I'm giving him a solid A, because he has risen to the top of the ledger as far as the MVP race. So anybody who's the favorite in Vegas to win the uh, the MVP, I'm, I'm not going to give him less than an A. Uh, he's been playing through a, a lot of trials and tribulations. His toughness is showing. He's made great throws. Made two great throws last week. So I'm going Fair stone enough. A for Jalen Hurts. Let's go, DeAndre Swift.
1: Hmm. Interesting, because when he when they I'm going to give him a an a because when he's given the ball, he has played really well. He looks like a rookie, man. He's just quick off the ball. And that's mainly that's because or maybe that's because he doesn't have a whole lot of hours on the motor because he's had so many seasons where he's been injured. But when I don't think they give the ball him enough but when they do he's been just short of spectacular so i'm going a
0: yeah i don't i think they give the ball to him plenty he's a 16 carry max guy are you going to break him down uh he hasn't lit on fire since early in the season i will give him a b minus all right so b minus and you're going a for swift all right uh aj brown i mean do we even have to discuss this
1: yeah i mean that's an a plus right here.
0: I'm going A-plus on totally Go A.J. Brown. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dallas Goddard, now who is out with a fractured forearm, but his play prior to the injury, in your opinion.
1: Well, this is another situation like Swift where I don't think he's given the ball enough. They haven't gone to him enough. When he's been given the opportunity – He's been, I will say, A-minus he, you know, he's been okay. really good when they throw him the ball. All
0: right. I'll give him a B-plus. I'm kind of in the same neighborhood. i just go to Jordan Mailata.
1: Oh, not – I mean, so far he's had a couple rough games. Um, man, Jordan Mailata. You know, he's, it's no higher. I'll, I'll say a C-plus. Uh, because I think he's had a couple games where I'm genuinely yeah. worried about him. I would,
0: I would agree play. with that. I'm also going to go C-plus on my And uh, Now let's go with the offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson.
1: Um, I, do I give him a break because it's his first-year calling plays at the pro level? No. Um, I will say he's a D.
0: All right, I'll, I'll go a little better. I'll go C on Brian Johnson, but D is, by you far- know, and listen, they're, they're – they're, They're the best team in the NFC. I don't don't know how you can give anybody a D. You know
1: what? You're right. I'm going to go. I'm going to. You're right. C minus. But he's clearly the worst. um, He's the worst entity on the
0: team right now. All right. Let's go to the defense. This is an interesting one here. Josh Sweat.
1: I was never a big Josh Sweat guy. I always felt like people overvalued him, maybe because of his size and his and he's pretty quick for a man his size. I mean, he, he made a great play on Sunday. I don't remember hearing his name called a whole lot so far this season. Other than that, so I'm I'm going to go see.
0: Yeah, I think he's been a lot better than you think. Uh, I'll give Josh Sweat a solid B. Uh, I think his effort has been uh, pretty good, pretty consistent. Um, James Bradbury, your man, James Boy, Bradbury.
1: Having, he had the worst game of, of uh, as a. T- as an eagle on Sunday, maybe the worst game of his career. I really like Bradbury. I think he's uh, been the best corner on the team. But, man, he's he's had some rough games this year. And they're asking a lot of him. They're asking he, he's played some nickel. He's been kind of the uh, mentor to a lot of these young guys. They've asked him to do that behind the scenes. But he's. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go C plus because he's he's really having a rough time of it out
0: there on the field. I'm going C minus. I agree. I don't think it's been a very good year for Bradbury. Starting to show his age yeah. a little bit. Let's go to uh, your boy again. Are two two Darren's boys back to back. Reed Blankenship. Blankenship's
1: been really good, man. I mean, uh, he's just a smart football player. He he's not as gifted athletically as you would like him to be, but he's smart. He's always in position. I'll go B plus.
0: Uh, I will go B minus. He has uh, had his moments, but he's also given up a couple touchdowns, yeah, so blatant touchdowns. So I'm going B minus. Let's go, Darius Slay on the other side. Oh, big play, Slay. He's been better than Bradford this year. I'll give him that. What did
1: I give? Uh,
0: gave Bradbury,
1: give? Bradbury a C plus. Plus, I will go B minus on Slay. Need a few uh, more big agree. plays though out of Big Play Slay.
0: I will. I will agree. I'll go B minus. And finally, defensive coordinator Sean DeSai.
1: I think he's been very good, particularly it's his first year uh, taking over. I'm going to give him. They're eight and one, and I think it's more because of the defense than the offense. I'm going to give him an A.
0: Okay, I'm giving him a B. All right, so there you go. Our grades are not similar at all, uh, or there's yeah. some similar in some cases. Yeah. So there you go. There's our our uh, grades coming up now. Let's look at the upcoming schedule the eagles other than the chiefs which we named uh, after the chiefs you got the the buffalo bills a home game at 425
1: um th- they're not going to win every game uh i think this is the one game that they could lose because you know you've got kansas city which is a circle on the calendar and then and then after buffalo you've got the 49ers, and if you don't think that was the first game they circled after that team was whining, the coaches whining all oh, year, they're all thinking, oh, yeah, you, really, you could you would have beat us if you had the, the seventh-round draft pick? They're going to thump them. So I, I will say that they lose to Buffalo.
0: Okay, so you got win over Chiefs, the loss to the Bills. Yeah. Uh, uh, 40, uh, so that would make them uh, 49ers 8 49ers,
1: they beat the
0: 49ers. They, they beat the 49ers. Yes. Okay, that makes them 9-2. and two. At the Cowboys.
1: I think that's a split with the series. Dallas is, I think, their biggest threat in the conference only because of how Dallas plays the Eagles. They play them tough. They always give them trouble. Uh, they play them very well. So I will say they lose that game. They're at 9-3. and three.
0: Okay. And I agree that they will lose that game. Now at the Seahawks.
1: They after losing to lose to Dallas. Uh, it's a they lot come of- back and they win? Yeah, they come back and they win. That's a lot of traveling. And maybe they don't even come home. They're in Dallas. They may go right. Yeah, I'm a little Catholic. afraid of that
0: game, but I, I, that might be a loss for me. But then the rest of the schedule is just a joke: Giants, Cardinals, and uh, and Giants. So they're at least they're going to finish either 12 and four, or you by your measure, 13 and three, yeah, which absolutely will be the number one seed four. in the NFC. Um, 13 and four. Yeah, Excuse I mean, me.
1: or, uh, or they 12 need- and, Yeah. Those last few games against the Cardinals and the Giants, the Eagles are going to win them. Whatever ones they need mm-hmm. to get the top seed, they win. If they have right, so 13 and four, probably... looks
0: very attainable. 13 and four will give them number one seed. We won't have to worry about it. home field advantage at the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, all right, so there you go with your Philadelphia Eagles talk for today. Let's move on to your Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, just broke today that uh, Bryce Harper is officially going to play first base for the Phillies. Now uh, we talked about this earlier. They said they needed to consult with Bryce Harper. Um, I thought that Bryce, I thought that was irregular. I don't, I don't think the Phillies should have brought him into the mix, uh, and I think he should have declined being in the mix. But I don't think he did. I think he did have a discussion with the Phillies, and I did do think he told them he's more comfortable at first base, which effectively cuts the legs off of Reese Hoskins. Um, if, if listen, I, I I know the Phillies are. Uh, I didn't know what Reese Hoskins wanted to do. His agent probably said he's going to get offered a lot of money because he's a home run hitter. He's going to be offered a multi-year contract. I would have at least tried to get get him under a one-year deal to play first base and move Harper back to the outfield, whether you want to move him to left or right field. Uh, I don't think Harper is now comfortable with that. I think he thinks he can preserve the rest of his career by playing first base. So there goes Hoskins out the gate. Uh, and so now the, the, the right-handed pop that they have uh, comes down to, uh, to Alec Bohm and um, J.T. Romuto and Nick Castellanos. And I don't know if that's enough thump in your lineup uh, right-handed. So your, your center field situation, I don't think Rojas will be a part of it. I think it'll be Marsh and Pache for next year. Uh, but then who plays left field? So they, they need to add another player. Hoskins gone. They wouldn't have had to have another player if they had brought him back, but now they need an outfielder to play left field. I don't think it will be a big name signing. The big name signing has to come probably at pitcher, whether it's Aaron Nola they decide to keep, which I'm not getting a vibe that they want to. Uh, So the guy that I think they're looking at would be Jordan Montgomery, the left-hander who pitched for Texas last year via the Cardinals, via the Yankees. Uh, I think that uh, they they like him a little better in this spot to replace Nola, unless Nola comes to them and says, "Listen, you got people offer me thirty million, give me twenty five and I stay," in which case I, I would keep him. So, but I don't think. See, but the problem with that is you can't take undervalue. It, it wrecks the whole balance of the Players Association. Yeah, the yeah, Players, the Players Association,
1: Association won't allow it. Yeah, they, they would frown
0: him. on that. And the agent really couldn't look himself in the mirror if he got his client less money because that attracts other uh, clients that say, wait, you're going to take less money for a guy? So uh, I, it's very unrealistic that uh, he's going to be able to sign at less money. So Jordan Montgomery might be the guy that, uh, that they go out and get. That's a shame. Hoskins, yeah, he ends his Philly uh, career uh, on on the I.L., and he's going to be going somewhere else. And he was a good Philly for, for a lot of years. And they, they really missed his right-handed pop in the lineup last year, the way that lineup was uh, uh, settled in. Uh, all right. I think that's about all for the Phillies today. So uh, let's get into um, our uh, picks of the week since we just talked about uh, football. Uh, we'll throw the picks out there, and then we'll hit Mike Unleashed. And three questions for Mikey Miss coming your way. So hang in there for that picks of the week. I you know I I am just a magic college picker. Um and you know, I pros I I hold water. But uh, you know college I can I I'm phenomenal. I, and I think if you've been playing my picks a couple of the college season, you're going, how's he doing? Well, last week uh, I I won by a hook when I took uh, Kansas State plus the 4 at Texas. Texas wins in overtime. Uh was three and a half, actually went off at. So I won by the hook at three and a half. Texas won by three. So this week I'm gonna go with one college game that I like, and then uh, a couple of uh, a couple of pro games. Um, weird line in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12. I never really bet a Pac-12 game. But Cal is not the team Washington State is, and yet the California golden bears are minus a point and a half at home against Washington state. That line is screaming at me to take Cal. So I'll take the golden bears of Cal, the home of Aaron Rodgers and uh, Kyle Bowler. And uh, I do not even know who else, but Tony Gonzalez, you know, guys like that, the, the all time Cal players, uh, and uh, oh, what's the name went there? Didn't he? Uh, the, the running back, the crazy running back. And now does do all Lynch. the commercials? Lynch, Marshawn Lynch yeah. went to Cal. There you go. he move. There you go. All right, I'll take Cal as my college pick, and then I'm going to go picks of the week in the, the NFL. The 49ers are a favorite in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I looked at that long and hard. I got to go. That line is screaming at me to take. I don't know why the Niners would be a three-point favorite in Jacksonville, but they are. So I'm trusting the, the Vegas people who set that line. I'll take the Niners minus three. And then I will take the Cardinals plus a point and a half against the Falcons. I think the Cardinals break through as the quarterback comes back this week. That's a win against those very inconsistent Falcons who now have a different quarterback who stinks. So uh, there you go. I'm going to go to
1: get a hold. i going to go Cal that.
0: Niners and the Cardinals. <laughs> hold your nose when you bet that,
1: that Atlanta
0: Cardinals. Yeah, I know. I know.
1: <laughs> I got two picks uh, in the pros. Um, both are three point favorites. I like New Orleans minus three at Minnesota. Um, Minnesota was kind of an emotional game for them with Dobbs the coming in. I could see them having an emotional letdown. New Orleans needs the game. I think the Saints and their defense and a healthy Derek Carr going to Minion win cover the three. I also uh, like the Pittsburgh Steelers and your
0: boy Kenny uh,
1: giving three to Green Bay
0: in Pittsburgh. What a stink game that is!
1: I know, I know. Well, here is the thing: like every three or four weeks, the NFL card is good or decent. And then the other three or four weeks, it's just a terrible card. That's because there's so many. When we talked about this at nauseum, There's so many, like, 51% of the teams in the NFL are really bad football teams. So you get a yeah. lot of bad cards. So I got the Saints and the Steelers, both three-point favorites.
0: All right. Uh, also, big games this week. Of course, we just mentioned uh, Niners the Jags. A couple other big games. The Browns are at the Ravens in a d- defensive slugfest. Ravens are like six. That they should be a good game. game. Uh, and the Lions favored minus three at the Chargers. So that, that there are the other big games. All right, that's our picks of the week. Uh, it is now time for Mike Unleashed. Well, this is a very interesting tidbit that I read about, about the value of the current Philadelphia pro sports teams. Just a couple here for your perusal. Uh, and, it, you know, it's funny because, I'm unfortunately, I did not grow up the son of a rich man. I would have loved to have been a son of a rich man. I got to be honest with you. I don't care about the problems money would have given me, but uh, I one day maybe would be able to buy a sports team, uh, like these jokers who who have bought sports teams here. So let's look at the current value of Philadelphia <laughs> sports team. <laughs> let's start with the Eagles. Now Jeffrey Lurie bought the Eagles way back. What was ninety eight? Uh, one hundred eighty five million at the time. He go, how could you spend 185 million one hundred eighty five for million? Eighty five point one for being exact but yes uh okay 185.1 his mom's money he used yeah. good to be jeff
1: no is that vi oh. warshawski money mike
0: <laughs> yeah well uh produced that that was after he made oh, was it? He, uh, he used yeah, the, uh, mother's okay. money, the mother's money the mother yeah so in any event um the eagles now are worth 5.95 billion dollars Wow. from 185 mil that he paid for it Wow. Uh, they are the ninth worthiest team in the NFL with that figure. Uh, let's move on to the Sixers. The Sixers were purchased uh, by uh, Josh Harrison, his uh, a collection of uh, uh, capital, venture capitalists. For $290 million, currently they're worth $3.21 billion. That's 11th in the NBA. Nice work, Josh. And that enabled him, to, of course, buy three more teams, <laughs> which are going to escalate in value because you can't lose money. You can't lose money. You buy a sports team, you can't lose money. If you take a paper loss one year, it's the asset goes up. You take a tax loss, the asset goes up. When you sell it, you're going to make uh, a 1,000% or, or more, 20,000% on your investment. All right. And he knows that. That's why he's a venture capitalist. Yeah. Uh, the, the Phillies, they're worth um, – Middleton bought in for $18 million, 15% many years ago. He somehow got control of it by purchasing everybody else's shares. Uh, it's now worth $2.46 That's a top 10 in the league. And the Flyers, uh, $1.7 they are worth right now, and that's top 10 in the league as well. So there you go. It's good to be a sports team owner. Congratulations to those gentlemen. Thanks for cutting me in on it. I would have loved to have been part of it. I wasn't a rich man. I don't run into circles. I don't know what happened to me. Well, why don't we I put our to money together? I don't know. Minority stake in the Eagles or something. I am yearning to to be in the circles of rich people. Please, rich <laughs> people out there, invite me into your circle. I'm good. I could speak the language of most anybody, the highest intellectual to the lowest common denominator. That's what would make me worthy to be your consortium. Josh, bring me in. All right. It is now time. Well, it's number two on the mic unleashed. You know, there's a there's a prayer that a lot of people cite. And it, the prayer is this. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's an age-old prayer. A lot of people say it at the start of... Uh, class or some uh, uh, aa meeting or whatever this is what's said and uh i started to think about the miami heat cuz they uh printed on their court a similar prayer there is nobody that loves themselves more than the freaking miami heat and the pat riley army and all the sick of it's in Miami and the Miami culture and the media gets sucked into it. the media was blaming the world because the Heat couldn't get Damian Lillard. I've never seen anything like it. You know what they have written on their court? Did you see this yet?
1: I I have not. I only in I the
0: lane the of their court at their arena in in the foul lane. Right. They have the following printed out in big letters. Hardest working, best conditioned, most professional, unselfish, meanest, nastiest, what? toughest team in the NBA. That is printed out in lines on their court. That's fits. how
1: pretentious is that? That fits in the lane. That crap
0: yes it is printed out on the court
1: oh, i gotta look at this oh.
0: <laughs> i would i gotta be honest with you i would like to sneak in there at night spray paint do it <laughs> do a little tinkle on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you the falls on this thing. i mean, look you wouldn't think Miami the Miami heat won a million championships I mean, with this heat culture this Pat Riley is like a, a svengali down there in in miami uh, it's unbelievable i've never seen like well there you go anyway oh my. Uh, let's go last thing for uh, mike unleashed two two actually last things uh, I, I find myself to be a benevolent man sometimes i have a soft heart for things I may come off as like a you do, you know, a, a braggadocious, <laughs> pain in the ass, uh, uh, obnoxious guy. But I, I have a, a really soft spot on with some things that really get me. And uh, like, for instance, if you go to a dog shelter, and that's the reason why I don't go, because I, if I adopted a dog, I would have to also adopt the dog's friend. If there are two in a cage, uh, for me, I couldn't just take the one. Like, I'm, I, I would be pained if I left that other dog alone. And these are the kinds of things that really get me.
1: Totally agree. I'm with you.
0: And, and I, I realize that I do this now for a lot of things that are inanimate objects. For instance, every time I go into a grocery store, like, I don't buy a bunch of bananas because it's just one guy. So, I buy short bunches of bananas. So, I'll see a short bunch that has three bananas on it. I'll grab it. But right next to that bunch... Is one banana that has been torn off and left there, and I and I'll tell me that this is sick. I feel bad for the remaining banana, so I put the the solo banana in the bag with the bunch of three. So you you fell for the banana in the tailpipe. I, I, I feel for the <laughs> banana emotionally. Now is is this is this uh, like I'm trying to ferret this out. Is this is this something that I need to? discussing therapy or is this normal the people have that that same thing i like i don't i look at everything like it's a being and i go what's that banana gonna think i, I feel sorry for that because nobody's gonna take that banana you know <laughs> and so i take it it's a, you're not well, what does that say about me does I, that make me overly humanistic or just nuts
1: i think uh i think Maybe a few screws need to be tightened.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. That banana is not going to be picked up by anybody. It's going to rot. And its its whole existence is going to be to be in some cold supermarket, rotting away and getting brown. And, and that's the end of its life. I don't know. All right. Yeah, there it's, you go. It's, it's on, a, you're
1: not cat, dude.
0: All uh, right. And one thing I thought about today also as I got out of the shower, I think about these little things These. he's – these conveniences that we have that we take for granted. People always say, well, what's the greatest invention? Well, and, you, you know, you got your standard ans- uh, uh, answers like the computer or the air conditioner or whatever. Uh, we take for granted the invention of the towel. What would we have done if we get out of a shower or a bath, if we did not have the towel? Who thought of the towel? That would absorb the moisture that's on your body. When you think about it, that was a terrific invention. What did cavemen do? They they air dried.
1: Yeah, or used animal skin, probably.
0: Even animal skin's not absorbent. First, you know, the, 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 Terry towel has been a very underappreciated invention. And now here's the other thing, and I'm surprised it hasn't gone to this level. Because, as you know, in public bathrooms... The towel, remember it used to have the towel that you pull out. Oh
1: yeah, just to
0: clean itself. All right, all right they got yeah, rid of that. It went, to, it, went, it went to paper. And when, when paper got phased out, it went to the, the air blower. How come new construction does has not invented the new body air blower? Where you go into a little side <laughs> spot your t- from the from the shower and you turn it on, you got the air blower, and it air dries you. <laughs> Is that not next here in our lo- in our world? Uh,
1: no, I don't think it is' Because uh, any water you would need that is like if you're down ashore at summertime, you come off the beach, you rinse off. What are
0: you and- talking about? You need it every day when you shower. You mean
1: as opposed to a towel?
0: Yes. How come somebody has not invented that yet? The new construction, modern construction, they have all these, these new things. Like they're putting in bidets now as standard equipment. Yeah, Why would you not put the body blower in a bathroom, new construction house, uh, as the new thing? I think I have stumbled onto some greatness here. And I so all these contractors out there, if you're listening to this podcast, that's the next wave, the body air blower.
1: I think you should file a patent.
0: Make I think I uh, of it. All right. That's Mike Unleashed for today, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Let's oh, move on to three questions before we get out of here.
1: Oh, three questions, Mike. Here we go. So, um, I don't know. Have you seen the – I texted the other night. I was watching the, the Netflix documentary on Stallone. It's called Slide. I have
0: not seen it, okay. no. Uh,
1: so, I ask you, what person – could be an athlete, could be an entertainer – what person would you absolutely love to see a deep dive – documentary about <laughs>
0: oh my god uh you know i always thought uh, that robert de niro was a very intriguing guy now i i loved him more when he was a recluse and that's when i would have liked like how do you get to be that kind of a recluse pesci's kind of the same way they're both reclusive yeah. uh, i would like to see a deep dive on robert de niro I think he's a fascinating guy. He's he's very different. Um, so I would like to know how, and, and you know, being an Italian, like how he grew up to, to become what he is. So there you go. I, I mean, it's not Stallone. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think De Niro's more interesting than Stallone. I'd see I'd like to see him documenting more on De Niro than Stallone.
1: Uh, I mean, it was a little bit of a predictable answer for me from you, because I, I had a feeling, well, his first choice is going to be De Niro and maybe yeah. Pacino, but... Um, have you? I mean, one thing about De Niro that's always rubbed me the wrong way is he is an absolutely pulling teeth, brutal interview. Like when he goes on The Tonight Show or any of those talk shows, he'll just sit there and look at you for 20 minutes. That's if you like
0: why it. I would like to. That's why I would like to see a documentary on him because he's he's reclusive like that. How do you get that way? That's what that's the most interesting part. of it.
1: There you go. Um, all right, question number two of three questions today, uh, Mike. Have you seen the uh, your big Taylor Tay Tay uh, fan? You go see her Eras Tour movie, right? So hey. there, it's a concert movie um, about her concert this past summer. So my question to you is, what bands you have to watch one? What bands concert movie would you would you watch? Right, so it's not a movie storyline. But a you know ten, they did ten concerts over July and August. They edit them all together and make a, to make a concert in a film um, production. What band would you like to see, or single performer?
0: Uh, oh, are you talking about an old band? Any band. You well, can watch it, a band's
1: concert from like a collection. No, uh, probably probably
0: Led Zeppelin.
1: That was a good answer. They got a lot of different types of music they play.
0: Mm-hmm. By the way, since you're talking about bands, I, I went to see the Hooters last week. I was a big Hooters uh, guy in the 80s. I was, too. In yeah. fact, my yeah. agent represented them for, for a lot of years, and uh, their story is very interesting on how they became huge in Europe. But I went to see them, and they were, they were excellent. And The reason why I went to see them, i want to give a shout-out to my buddy, Matt Cappy, Who's a very well-known trumpet player, worldly, but he's from this area, and he's a friend of mine. And he uh, he said he was going to be in the three-piece backup bra- brass band for the Hooters concert. He, Would you come out? say I, yeah. I go. Yeah, I go. I saw the Hooters; they they were excellent, and he was excellent. I he's he's a great trumpet player. He's toured all over the world with great people like uh michael jackson in the day jill scott hattie labelle uh he's been all over the world uh, as the as a backup brass blamper uh, uh, and he's from he's from Jersey. So i think he's from Delrand, as a matter of fact so uh for those who know matt cabbie just a quick shout out to him
1: where did you see them where, where were they? Playing? Keswick Theater. Oh, I've never, the never
0: been there. My first time there.
1: Really? You were ne- oh, I like no. the Keswick. i right? never the been to the theater. Keswick Theater. Yeah, it's, it's good. I've seen a few shows at the Keswick.
0: That's I went backstage, the- hung out with them afterwards. Did
1: you? That's
0: a cool yeah. night. Good yeah. Stuff.
1: All right. That's question number two. Question number three, Mike. Um, you and I are both SiriusXM radio subscribers. I think it's the greatest but, um, I want to ask you because yesterday marked the first day, November eighth, yesterday's date, marked the first day of Christmas music channels. What date is it appropriate to start playing and or listening to
0: Christmas? Music? I, I, l- listen, I' uh, my answers are relevant because they start before Thanksgiving for crying out loud. so i I always thought it was appropriate, like, uh, two weeks before christmas those days are long gone you know really (laughs) only two weeks before christmas two weeks before christmas to me is is a perfect lead-in but that's not going to happen because it gets ratings people love christmas music i don't i don't listen to christmas music
1: i know you're you're a bah (laughs) humbug
0: no i'm not i listen i can compile we i actually did a great field of 64 Mm -hmm. when i was on the air of of christmas songs yeah so uh you know it's fine i just don't It doesn't, I would not, if I'm listening to my radio, it's not going to be Christmas music. Okay. All right. Now, if I I have a little uh, pine incense going in the house and I'm in the mood and I got the Mannheim steamrollers playing the Christmas tunes, yeah, then I'll get into the spirit.
1: I got the, I get the, I always love the, uh, the Christmas cookie Yankee candles. They always make the house smell great around the holidays. Yeah. That. That's your three questions.
0: For I me. have gone on to the Aroma 360 system. Oh,
1: what? oh, is that the well, actually plug-in? Oh no, it's a plug-in thing and it goes throughout the house. I got you. You, you like it? It works well.
0: Yeah, yeah. the hotel collection.
1: <laughs> I see Draymond. Who's Dray- Draymond John? Who's the guy at the FUBU? Uh, he he does ads for them.
0: Yeah, I think Scott Disick is a part of the Kardashian family. Has the Oh, really? Hotel collection of aromatherapy, whatever it is. All right. Uh, All right that'll do it for three questions. Time to close it down. Thanks, to everybody, for uh, listening and uh, watching the program today. Uh, the Eagles will be back at it uh, soon enough. So, in the meantime, just hang in there, watch a weekend of football with no Eagles. Relax, have fun with the family, whatever you need to do. And we'll get back serious uh, to the football season. And actually, two weekends have to go by without football. You get the Monday night game. Uh, so, it's a long time between games. Uh, fill it wisely. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Have a great rest of the day until uh, the next time we meet for Darren DeGitano, the producer, uh, Mike Misinelli. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Mike Misinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.